And we're back, Corey. Another, I'll call it a huge episode of the Soccer Academy. A uh, lot to talk about. Don't know how long this episode will take. It's going to be mostly spent on the United States because there's a huge game coming up Friday. Some people might have heard of it, U.S.-Mexico. Uh, <laughs> other than that, though, we've got some Premier League things to talk about. We've got some craziness to talk about, which I'm going to talk uh, ask you about here in a second. And is Ole still at the wheel? You know, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, to be to be honest, I don't know. But uh, first off, I want to congratulate you for getting married. Uh, oh, I know thank it's you. Been a while, dude. It's okay. been a while. I do have to give. I do have to kind of tell why we haven't done this in a while. Yeah, and there's multiple reasons. I got married a month ago. Congrats. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Got married, so I was like, obviously, wasn't gonna do one that week because you know a lot of prep going into yeah. that. The week after, I was on my honeymoon in Mexico. Very fun. Um, Very good time down there. So I wasn't going to do a podcast then, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The week after that, kind of normal, but it was kind of getting back into the flow of things. No podcast then. The week after that, I thought I had COVID. (laughs) Um, I'm good. So I felt terrible like the start of that next week. Had to get, I got tested three times that week, oh. all negative, um, but work wanted certain negative tests and certain negative tests didn't work. So I was like, okay, fine, fine, whatever. Tested a lot of times, felt like crap for a while. And now finally, this is the week that I feel back to normal. So we're back doing there the podcast. Go. Life happened, but we're here and a lot we're has here. happened. Yes. Um, yes, it has. So we're going to run down it all. We're going to figure out what's going on what the hell's going on with man you because nobody knows uh, yeah it's who knows and our boy uh well you know i'll leave that i'll leave that we'll, we'll we're gonna talk about that here in a second i'm not even gonna tease it i'm not i'm just gonna wait i'm just gonna wait do um, i know about it uh you might you might but oh. i'm excited about it i'm okay. excited all right uh let's start let's start with premier league okay uh arsenal are above Manchester United right now after a rough run of games, Corey. As the resident Manchester United fan, you've got to want to fire Ole, right? I I, I want to fire him, yes. But I really don't think the results that we have really like grants him the opportunity to leave like what i'm trying to say is like i don't yes we're behind arsenal in the standings we are what sixth right now sixth yeah but we're still sixth and there's only how many games played 11 out of 36 38 38 38. so i mean yeah we've not done well these last couple uh, run of matches what 2 to Man City we lost we tied Atlanta Atlanta because Ronaldo we beat Tottenham who is worse than us somehow uh, we won't talk about Liverpool we barely beat Atlanta <laughs> oh, we do have to talk about that we <laughs> we'll, we'll talk, about, talk we'll about, about that but I mean yeah he's had a bad run of play right uh, these last couple weeks but I just I I can't say, like, yeah, get him out. Like, there's more coaches in the world right now who need to be out, which Matt Nagy is one of them. We won't get in there. (laughs) We won't get there, though. That's on Uh, the Football Academy. Yeah, that's on the Football Academy. Uh, New (laughs) new show coming out next week. Uh, No. But uh, I just – I don't like firing coaches just because they lost, like, three games, four games. Like, for me – if you're if I fire my coach, if I were Ed Woodward or whoever runs it anymore, who knows? I don't think I can justify to myself firing Ole just because he lost to Man City, who we expect to lose to. I mean, Man City's good. No one expects to be no if you get fired because you lose to Man City, every yeah. coach in the league would be out. Yeah, that's crap. And Man City's just too deep. They still tied Atlanta, which Yes, you needed some late game heroics, but you still got you still got a point. Tottenham, you beat the crap out of, and then Liverpool, yeah, you lose five nothing. 
But again, Liverpool and the way Mo Salah is playing right now, I think we're lucky it wasn't seven. So Liverpool let off the gas for the last 25 minutes of that game. Yeah. That was pass around and just let's go home. Yeah. It could have been six or seven, especially with uh, Pogba getting that red card. It could have been six or seven. I was, I watched the first half, all five, four goals, I think. And after the fifth, I somehow my TV went out. I don't know. It was crazy. (laughs) Anyways. And so, what I don't think I want him out yet. Now we play Watford on sad. No, next two weeks from now, be after the international break. 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. 10 days from now. If he loses that, I don't blink twice and fire. Yeah. Him. But he's, he went. Yeah. I mean, he just played three. What? Unless there was away, wouldn't it? No, Lester was home. Maybe. Lester? Mm, I can't remember. Yeah. Did you say Lester? Yeah. We can figure that out. Um, but anyways. Um, but yeah, I just I don't I can't justify it firing him now. Lester was away. Okay, so I mean Lester's always hard to play. Yeah, Lester's yeah. tough. Um, even if they haven't had the start that they wanted this year. Yeah. But that's fine. Um the thing that with me and you I don't think Ole's the guy for you. I don't no. think Ole's the guy for me and you. I think he was a good transitional coach, which is what he needed to be after uh, Jose. But I don't see – here's the thing. I, when I was watching that Liverpool game, um, first of all, I was having a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, just goal after goal. That was a lot of fun. Um, but when you watch Liverpool press – it's so in sync and everyone moves as a unit. Like one guy's movement causes another and it looks like everyone's on a string. And that's how it's supposed to look whenever everyone's kind of moving together and you know what's going on. When it's man you, the way they, it looks like Ole wants his players to press, but it's one at a time and it feels disjointed and it feels weird and anytime one guy presses, it leaves a whole open area that's not covered by someone else, and it looks ugly and it's bad. That's the, like, and that's coaching. Like, that is not coaching out the fine details of what you're supposed to do in certain situations. And that was like, that was night and day when I was watching Liverpool Man U about that because it wasn't connected at all. And the best teams you see in the world, it looks like everyone's on a string moving together. You see it with Chelsea, how well organized they are defensively. They're, everyone knows where each other are for the most part. And even Man City, to for, for the most part, especially whenever they're attacking, Man U doesn't have that. It feels really disjointed right now. Yeah, and going back on uh... – Ole, yeah, you're right. He was a great transitional coach, but I think, like you said, I don't think he's really – I don't think he's ready for that big of a job at me and you. But, again, I can't justify him. Who, who would you want if you fired Ole today? Who's the way out our there? season's going? Probably Big Sam Allardyce just to get us out of a relegation <laughs> battle. Relegation. But, but uh, that's a joke. Not many uh, viewers will know. But um, I see. I don't know because what good Rogers. Manager, Rogers maybe just because he's got experience and he's brought some teams. Some he's got results with some crappy teams. Do you look at a legend, Wayne Rooney? uh frank lampard i don't think like, he, i don't we i saw don't know lampard did lampard is in the rumors for the norwich job yeah the problem with lampard is you saw what happened like it's really hard to hire lampard whenever you see what a different manager is doing with the same team he had mm-hmm. and what tuchel's doing with chelsea yeah and i don't think rooney's ready for that big of a job yet so i don't think so either i think you're looking at zidane Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. Um, it's – I mean, maybe you can get Poch away from PSG, but I doubt it because he's coaching yeah. Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi. 
I mean, so, he doesn't even have to coach there pretty well, but um, it's tough. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing, though. There's just where do you go and who do you get? Like, I think we're at a time in soccer right now to where all the good coaches are pretty well going to be stuck exactly where they are, like Klopp, uh, Tuchel for a while. Like Tottenham other, took Conti. Yeah. So Antonio, or yeah, he's yeah, off Antonio the market. Conte, he's off the market. So, I mean, yeah, we can fire Ole, but who are we going to get? Like, there's not very many good options out there. There's filler options where you have someone like Ollie, where he finishes the season out, hopefully gets in Champions League position. But after that, what? You're in the same cycle. So do you just take a chance on Ollie and hopefully he turns around? Or do you just keep going in the cycle of getting temporary coaches? Maybe they have a good run of success. You sign them and then they lose five straight or get three points out of 10 games. Like I – I just – I don't think there's a lot of good coaching candidates out there enough to fire Ole. Like, mm-hmm. the only ones I can think of is Zidane, but I heard he doesn't even want the job. Which, yeah, I heard he doesn't want it. Um, yeah, which I can't blame him. If you're a coach, if you're a top-tier coach, you usually don't want to take over in the middle of the season. Yeah. You usually want to wait until the uh, off-season when you can bring in players that you want mm-hmm. and you can re- rebuild the team before your first season. But – I don't know. It's a tough situation for me and you. I'm usually not a person that says you got to fire this manager, blah, 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 because some people think that's really easy. And all of a sudden that's a fix all for everything. Yeah. But then you're looking at, okay, who can we bring in? Are they going to be better? And like, I think stability matters with soccer managers, like in managers in any sport that and coaches that you want your team to feel stable and that they feel like they know who's going to be there week in and week out and someone they trust. And it sounds like Ole still hasn't lost the locker room. I don't know, unless stuff's not getting out. But I don't know. know. It's tough. He better start producing or else he will get fired mid-season. But we're going to – because Man U was in the conversation with Chelsea, Man City, and Liverpool to begin the year of teams challenging for the title yeah and man you has been the one that has clearly dropped out of that yeah i mean i at this point i just hope for fourth and unfortunately and i hate saying that already what 11 games into the season but the way west ham is playing arsenal i hate saying that that's just that's sick to my stomach i will say nailed it i said if anyone's going to break up the top four you said west ham so shout out to you let's go preview you said a West Ham would be the team to do it. I said Arsenal. And both of them are doing yeah, pretty good. So, uh, so. I, and I, I think Ole needs a different change of not really scenery. He needs to get different players in the squad because I've seen this exact lineup you mean with McFred? Greenwood, Fred, McTominay. I'm tired <laughs> of those. I put actually, I said Ole not out, Fred, Matic, and McTominay out it's there's no creativity do you you are playing three center defensive mids and you pray to god fernandez just finds a ball towards ronaldo that is how we're it is weird it is weird because we celebrated the ronaldo signing like it was gonna save man U and put man U in a different place but looking back on it it's like with the money spent on sancho who's not doing anything who doesn't even play yeah and the salary you're paying Ronaldo, you couldn't have got better uh, defensive mids to control that midfield. Feels and, weird. Mean, yeah. And we have the likes of Paul Pogba, Jesse Lingard. I know he's a cam, but you have so many better midfield options. Honestly, at this point, I want to see what Van de Beek does. Yeah. He's give got him a chance. Be, he's got to be better than Fred or McTominay right now, or Matic, yeah. dare I say. It's just – it's so frustrating seeing – like, I don't even like looking at the lineups before games because I already know who's in it. It's gonna Oh, be it's the same. Mason Greenwood. I, I, I think I made my stance clear on him of saying I don't like him. I don't think he's better than Rashford, Martial, Lingard even, or uh, who am I thinking of? Sancho. And I think yeah. he's proven it. Uh, it's, it's just he's not good. He, he cannot find the creativity – 
and yeah. Fernandez just throws it up to or just kicks it up to Ronaldo. And I mean, he's usually double teamed or can't get the yeah, ball. I mean, so Fernandez just, sometimes it, has no options to go. Yeah. Anywhere, so. so it's just so frustrating. And they play so soft. Like, I think what game was it? I think it was the Liverpool game where it's just they get on the ball and they, if they feel the a hint of contact, they fall and just complain for a, a card or a, a foul and they don't get it. It's like you play through it and you'll probably end up scoring. Like, it's just so, like, finesse. It's just so finesse of a style to where it's frustrating because yeah. there's no there's no finesse in the terms of passing or scoring or shooting yeah. or creativity. It's just throw it up to Ronaldo, pray to God he scores. And yeah, I and like Ronaldo. Yeah, create magic. Yeah, and I like Ronaldo, and I think the signing was great because as we've seen in the Champions League, he saved us multiple Without times. Without Ronaldo, you'd be headed for Europa. Yeah, I'm just exactly. saying. <laughs> no, and you're a thousand percent right. But it's just you got to find more offensive playmakers. And also, the best signing for United this offseason, the last thing I'll say about United, was Varon. He that guy's has, a beast when he's healthy. When, when Varon is healthy, man, you are different. Yeah, <laughs> like, I agree. Because if you put Lindelof back there by McGuire – it doesn't work. <laughs> it's like it's so it's yeah. so bad. Yeah. Uh, so Maguire is so slow. It's it hurts to watch. And then you put glass ankle Eric Bailly out there, and it's. I mean, you're just asking for trouble. Hey. And, the, and so they try and combat. <laughs> we lost Linda you. Life. I see you ranting, but oh, I cannot sorry. hear you. So, the rant, uh, the rant somehow just oh, immediately oh, no. stopped. Oh, you're back. You're back. Okay, good. Well. Basically, what I said was having Lindelof and Bailly out there is pretty well like having one center back, and that's why they play a three back. Yeah, because you basically just put three center backs playing as two, and yeah. it's uh, Don. Uh, I told my friends today I didn't want to do this podcast strictly because <laughs> I knew I was just going to rant and I was going to get upset. We got yeah. out of the way. I'm glad we started with it because we got some, some other optimism. Things. I had some other things I could have started with, but I wanted to start with that so you could get it off your chest. Yeah, I'm um, I'm glad we did because I'm a little heated right now. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so uh, on the coaching front, we'll go to coaches, yep. I guess. Looks like Villa found their new coach. Um, yes, I'm glad we're talking about this. And this is very enticing to me specifically, probably a lot of Premier League fans, but Steven Gerrard. Looks like he's going to be Villa's next coach. Very successful at Rangers in Scotland. Actually brought that club back from not very hot to winning those leagues against Celtic now. Yep. Uh, this is what was needed. Everyone has talked about Gerard being the heir apparent to Klopp whenever Klopp's contract is up because Klopp has said he doesn't, he doesn't want to renew his contract anymore. He wants to take a break from managing when this contract is up, which is 2024. So Gerard gets three years, two and a half years at a very good uh, premier league team that will give you money to spend and money to build a squad. Uh, I love this for Gerard. I love it for possibly Liverpool because if look, if Gerard is successful at Villa and he, and what he's doing is working, there is no question He's Liverpool's manager when Klopp leaves. So, but he was never going to go from Rangers to Liverpool. That jump is huge. And we saw what happens whenever like Frank Lampard made that jump, whenever certain managers made that jump, it's been a disaster. And Liverpool doesn't want that. And Liverpool doesn't want their club legend to have to go through that. So if you can make it as safe as a bet as possible, if he shows up at Villa and turns that team around this year and gets results, I think it's very clear that Gerard is going to be after Klopp at Liverpool. Some Villa fans weren't happy with this because they know when Liverpool comes knocking, Gerard's like, see ya. <laughs> like and it's because Liverpool loves Gerard. Gerard loves Liverpool. It's one of those connections in the Premier League. Gerard grew up in Liverpool. He was a Liverpool fan growing up for people who don't know. Club legend, the club legend at Liverpool. If Liverpool comes knocking, Gerard's gone. Like, but it's for Villa. I think it's a risk worth taking. 
you take a shot on a promising young manager who's shown that he can turn teams around in Scotland, what's the worst that can happen? And plus you bring him in, instant locker room boost because those players that are in there right now, I guarantee you've looked up to Gerard, especially if they're English. So Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, two things. Uh, so, yeah, if I were Liverpool or Liverpool fans, I'd be watching Aston Villa more than I probably would. Liverpool. Oh, I'm going to watch yeah. every game I can yeah. now. <laughs> and I don't know if we got the chance to talk about it, but Newcastle. Oh, we have not talked about this. Yeah. Uh, do you want to give a little rundown or I can? It'll matter. Newcastle was purchased by basically the country of Saudi Arabia. Yes. There was some paperwork that said, yeah, it's not the country purchasing it, but it is. <laughs> it's, it's the country purchasing Newcastle. It's a shit ton of money that's going into Newcastle. They're going to be buying really good players, possibly in January, at least in the summer. That team's going to become I've, – I've read places that they want to go the transfer strategy of Leipzig – in bringing in young players with potential, which makes way more sense than trying to just go all, all out for stars. If that's the case, this rebuild is going to take a little time, whatever. Nonetheless, Newcastle's got a lot of money now, and they just hired a new manager as well after firing, firing uh, I can't even, Steve Bruce. So, yeah, Bruce. Um, and they just hired Eddie Howe. Yeah. So, um, Newcastle, right. it is what it is. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, this chancellor is kind of like Man City a couple years ago. Man City was horrible. And then they had a, I can't remember. It might have been Saudi Arabia too. They it had was, someone. I can't remember. Uh, well, I don't know. Chelsea's is Russian. <laughs> yes. Chelsea's Russian. It's, uh, it's I, uh, United s- Arab Emirates. Yeah. Um, so. For Man City. Yeah. So basically Abu Dhabi, basically. Abu Dhabi. Yeah. So a really rich person pretty well bought the club and put all their money into the club to be good. And that's kind of what's going on with Newcastle. But like Dalton said, I think they're going to go a bit different and kind of go the young kind of up and coming promising way. And I think they kind of proved that by hiring Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe was a young coach. I want to say he was one of the youngest coaches to be hired in the Premier League. But he coached a very bad team and then got them promoted. Didn't do the best. I think they stayed in the Premier League like one or two, maybe three years with Bournemouth. Bournemouth, yeah. They were in for a few years. They're going to be promoted this year most likely with Scott Parker. But, yeah. So – what I basically my whole spiel on this was I'm surprised that Newcastle didn't try for Gerard because Uh, that would have been the perfect situation. I think. Yeah, I agree. You know how soccer rumors are though. And and who knows how many of them are true. I saw reports that Gerard didn't want the Newcastle job. Um, I I saw reports that Gerard was not going to leave Rangers for Newcastle. That could have been for a number of reasons. Like he didn't feel like he would succeed there. Could have been because of the pressure from right away to drag that team out of the relegation zone. It could have been a number of reasons. Um, Yeah, I mean, Newcastle is going to be competitive, especially after they get some time and money into that club. I'm happy for the fans. That's a big, that's a big team that has fallen off recently. Yeah. Um, That deserves this. Um, they deserve an uh, owner that's actually going to invest in the team and bring in players. So props to them. Um, I think Gerard made the right move, though, in choosing Villa. Uh, it's a really good – Villa's a really good young team, and they, they'll, they've shown that they'll throw money at the roster too Yeah. Um, if for the manager. So it's going to be interesting, especially after this international break with all these moves. Um, it's going to be – Really interesting. Gerard hasn't even been announced yet, by the way, so we're just purely going off of what's being reported. But it looks to be a done deal. Yeah, um, all but done. Yeah. Um, let's transition to this with Premier League for, uh before we transition to anything else. The Premier League rights are gonna are up for sale for after next season. 
and everybody's bidding. Uh, CBS has bid for the rights here in the U.S. Fox has bid. ESPN has put in a bid, and NBC Sports has put in a bid. And it looks like ESPN is going to get it. ESPN was very confident in their bid, like publicly saying they placed it. They felt really good about it. NBC was like, we're just in a place. We got to see what happens. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So it looks like nothing's concrete yet. There might be an announcement by the time this episode gets out because it's supposed to come out late this week. Um, It looks like Premier League will be headed to ESPN after next season. Not 100% sure that I could be totally wrong on this, but that's that's what people are speculating from statements and stuff. So what are your thoughts on ESPN if they get the Premier League rights? Uh, I think it's the worst possible decision and worst outcome that we could have. Wow. Fox <laughs> and the worst, re- I think. <laughs> I see. I disagree. I think Fox would have been better. However, here's my thinking. All right. So right now it's Saturday. All right. You wake up next year. Say this time next year, you wake up. All right. Liverpool menu, 1130, right? That's usually the latest game. Where's it going to be at? Is it going to be on ESPN, ESPN Plus, hundred percent? Exactly. Are you going to put SEC football under Premier League? No. You're going to put your Alabama against Arkansas, your Alabama against whatever crap Missouri team is out there. That's <laughs> the problem. Yeah, we might get a nine o'clock game before the SEC football. Even then, college not, game days on. College, college game day is going to exactly. Trump so where you so you're going to make us pay for ESPN Plus, which I know you technically pay most for soccer fans but, already pay for yeah. it anyway but but it's beside the fact that why would i want them to go to espn if i'm they're just going to get overshadowed by domestic sports yeah my one thing with this is that's true this time of year the yeah. fall is going to be basically no premier league on actual like cable tv unless it gets put on espn 2 maybe um maybe if it's it's got to be it's gonna have to be a big game to get put on that um i like the streaming platform more i like espn plus more than peacock and especially that espn if they get it would have bundesliga la liga and premier league which would be huge um if if espn gets it they better ramp up their soccer coverage because NBC has given us the best soccer coverage we've ever had in this country uh, for the Premier League since they got the rights, as far as actually giving it the time it deserves, having pregame shows, having postgame shows, having highlight shows, all that stuff NBC has given us because they, that's like their baby. Um, one of their big, uh, big money makers is the Premier League. So if ESPN gets it, I expect to see more soccer on SportsCenter on all their shows. If not, I don't want you to have it. Like if you're not planning on trying to grow the game and get more eyeballs to it and get more, like if this is just a, oh, we want it for soccer fans, we're going to throw it on ESPN Plus, don't do it. Like, but if you're going to throw highlights on and you're going to talk about soccer on your main shows, which they are not going to talk about it on first take, whatever. Stephen A. Smith isn't going to care about soccer. That's fine. I get it. I don't expect him to, but I do. I would. I wish that they would have guests that would talk about it. But if you're not going to care about it, once you have the Premier League rights, don't. I don't want you to have them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's you're exactly right, and. Oh, I just had a great quote. Oh, no, I lost my train of thought. Um, it's late. Yeah, it is late. But yeah, it's just, I don't understand why. Oh, I, I found it. I found it. So ESPN is so loyal. I'll say loyal, but they have all the domestic sports. They have NBA, NFL, MLB, even hockey, I think now. You have some hockey now, yep. Yeah, so I don't see them giving up their domestic sports coverage for a sport that isn't really that popular in America or even – and they're not going to give it up for something across the pond. Now, the reason I like NBC, Fox, any of these is because they don't have as much coverage. They don't have the rights to NBA. Like, they have some, but it is not – 
24-7 ES, or, uh, domestic sports. That's why I like having NBC. Yes, their streaming service could use some work, and they might fix that if they get the bid. But I, I'd rather have someone, maybe not as popular, but I'd rather have them spend more time and be more loyal to the sport instead of having ESPN just uh, spend the most money on it and just not even yeah. cover it. That's even – I really don't want Fox to get it because Fox doesn't have a reliable streaming platform in place to yeah. watch every game. That's every fair. weekend I know I can see every single Premier League game because I have the NBC – I have NBC Sports Network USA and Peacock. I know I can see every single Premier League game that I want to. Fox would have to get that in place. I know they had Fox soccer match pass at one point. Yeah. And they had Bundesliga, but that was weird. I don't know if that even allowed access to every game. They'd have to figure that out, which I'm sure Premier League would make them if they were going to give them the rights. I don't think Fox is going to get it. I don't think they're going to throw that much money at it. Um, I think it's between ESPN and NBC at this point. So I think you're right though, that you'd, I, if it comes down to who's going to give it more and better, more and better coverage, just leave with NBC. Like, yeah, because we know that they're actually going to try and put the best product out there and do what they can. Um, and, and we'll see. Uh, an announcement's coming soon. Uh, yeah. um, so we're going to find out really soon if NBC is going to keep it or ESPN is going to take it. I'd yeah. be okay with CBS having it too. Um, yeah, I'd be okay with that. They're kind of like NBC in that sense. So we're going to yeah. find out though. We're going to find out where to watch the world's most popular league in the next few days. Like I said, by the time this comes out, it might even be announced. Yeah, um, probably. Because we're expecting yeah. announcements soon. Um, I would say um, we can move on now to the burning questions at everyone on everyone's mind. The biggest game in a long time for United States soccer coming up on Friday uh usa versus mexico world cup qualifier um this is huge yes um this is probably going to be the biggest game of the world cup qualifying cycle yes i know we play mexico again but this is if we win this i think we go into the rest of qualifying with that little chip on our shoulder knowing that if we beat Mexico here, I don't think there's very many people who are going to beat us. And I think if we keep that momentum going into the World Cup, I think we're going to be a force to be reckoned with. So I yep. think long term, I don't think many people may know this, but I think this is probably going to be the biggest match this year. Yeah. Even, 100%. yeah. Like, even with the Gold Cup, like, yeah, that was cool. Gold Cup, or Nations the, League uh, was cool. Nations League. But, I think everyone in those in our minds were like these. This is awesome. Like we beat Mexico, we beat them with our C team. But I would trade those trophies in a heartbeat for a win against Mexico and tomorrow or on Friday or the next time we play them. Yeah. Like I would. I would say, all right, have those trophies. You can put have them. I don't really care. I'll take two wins come November, come March. I think maybe February whenever the next time yeah whenever the next one is yeah regardless but I think long term this is going to be the biggest game this entire cycle yeah I'm looking to see when the next one is it will be you're right March March 24th yeah um so it's it's huge um Polisic's available. I don't think he's going to start because he's still recovering from that injury from the last international break, which is fine. We have enough wingers and stuff. It's not, they're not Polisic level, obviously, but we can figure it out. Um, the Pepe train's still rolling. Um, I trust Pepe, but man, this is a test. <laughs> this yes. is, this is Pepe up top. This is a test for a really young player to see if they can do it. Um, not saying if he doesn't do it on Friday, he'll never be able to, but these are the type of games that you're going to have to play in. Um, and these are the biggest games. And I think Greg's going to trust him, uh, at least in the starting lineup to be able to try and do something. So I think it's going to be Aronson, uh, Pepe, and probably Wea up top. 
I don't know though, because Burhalter really likes Areola. <laughs> um, so Paul Areola. So yes. I think I hope it's Wea, Aronson, and Pepe up top. Um, I just don't see Pulisic starting yet. I don't think he's 100%. So I think it'll be those three up top. And it's going to be a big one for those young guys. Yeah. So I actually wrote notes for all of them. But, yeah, like you said, uh, these young guys like Aronson, uh, Jesus Ferreira, which we can get on that a whole – we can get down, get on that later. Pepe, I think this is his cycle, his game – these next two games of this is your spot to take or this is yeah. your spot or this is your spot to keep. If he performs, if he performs against Mexico and Jamaica in this window, it's his like yeah, 100%. going into the world cup. If he can score, if he can be really influential, he doesn't even have to score against Mexico or yeah. he doesn't have to score against both of them. If he can get a goal against in one of these two games and not look terrible in the other, I think it's his spot. <laughs> Like, I just yeah. think it is. I, it's his spot to – yeah. I mean, I don't see anyone, especially not in this cycle, I don't see anyone taking his spot. The only people I could see is maybe DK. I hate saying I know it, you're not a – I know uh, you're not I'm a not, fan of Josh Sargent. I know you're I'm not. I'm not going to say it, but I just – from what I've seen, and I've got the chance to see all three of them play, I think Pepe is you, your best option going forward because of his versatile i mean he he's good in the air he's got a little speed to him he's good on his feet puts the ball in the back of the net puts the it's ball the in the most back important of the net. Yep. thing yeah um, so i think he is our number or he's the starter i mean he's a striker yeah as far as i'm concerned from this point forward and also from this point forward going from the front of the team to the back as far as i'm concerned Matt Turner's our number one goalie, which is a flip yeah. from what I had said earlier in the summer that Zach Steffen should be number one until proven otherwise. Well, Matt Turner proved otherwise, and Zach Steffen proved otherwise by signing an extension to be a backup goalie for at least five more years. Um, this has been something I've harped on, and I've harped on. I think I'm more harsh than most on Zach Steffen for this. Goalie, to me, is the most important position that you play week in and week out. You have to be used to playing in those in-game scenarios and the ball coming at you in different ways that you're not going to see in training. And Zach Steffen just signed up for five more years of backup goalkeeping. And that is sad to me. Like, dude, I'm happy you're getting your money. I, I really am because I'm sure Man City is paying you handsomely. Uh, and they really like you there, and you must really like it there too. But if you don't want to be a number one, I can't trust you to be the number one for the U.S. Matt Turner has shown he's the superior shot stopper, and I'll take his shortcomings that he has with his feet at times for a guy that's going to play week in and week out with New England and is is a really, really good shot stopper. Yeah, uh, I agree 100% with you. However, do you think Matt Turner benefits more from starting against players in the MLS or Stefan training with the best, one of the best teams in the Premier League, going up against the likes of Kevin De Bruyne, having one of the best goalkeepers in the world ahead of him too. Also, he has been getting a little bit more playing time, whether it be the Cravo Cup, FA Cup. I think he even started a Premier League game because he started of, one Premier League game because yeah. of quarantine rules for Brazil. Yeah. But yeah, regardless, so. I think the only reason I like Turner more is just because of what we've seen with the U.S., not because yeah. of where they play. Now, the sa- I think Matt Turner's on a shorter leash, though. I think the second Turner shows that he maybe lost a step in form or coming up after the play- uh, MLS playoffs, they're going to sit cold. They're not going to play for six months, and that's going to be prime U.S. World Cup qualifying. I think it's in, what, March or, like, January maybe but regardless I think Stefan is the number two for now until Turner shows until Turner messes up if he does I think I think Turner starts against Mexico but I think Burhalter yeah. lets Stefan start against Jamaica because I don't even know if it's one two to Burhalter I think is for him it's Turner's one Stefan's one a okay I I, I think I like that no I I like that 
And I think that's kind of what Greg's talking of. Matt Turner has the hot hand in both club and country. And like you said, yeah, he's the, he's probably better shot stopper than Stefan right now. And Stefan's a lot better on the feet with his feet, as we've seen with Turner's absolute disasters. <laughs> but if I have a goalie right now against Mexico, I'm more worried about who can stop Chucky Lozano and all these guys. Funes more from scoring. I'll be disappointed if Stefan starts. I will uh, too. Like, I think Turner has fought hard and he deserves this and he should be the starter uh, on Friday. And I'll be shocked if he's not. Um, but we'll see. I, I think I think Matt Turner will get the nod. I think Berhalter realizes that too. Um, also, can, have, we just, can we yeah. just start Sean Johnson? Can we, like, just this guy. Really this throw guy, something in there. I mean, I love Sean Johnson just because he's been in almost, I think, every single USA roster. It has never played. Oh, he's he was got doing nine, the whole Gold Cup. Yeah, he's got nine total career appearances and i'm pretty sure the guy's hitting over 30 like he's 30 years or older i'm gonna look this up now maybe Ooh, don't quote me he's been there a while is what i'm saying he is 32 he's 32 yeah. you're right you're right i mean that guy i remember when he was like a rookie and yeah, he's, he's just been there always been there yeah he's always there just man the he's there guy. for the morale he's there for yeah, the vibes he's a veteran yeah he's a veteran so uh, nice. yeah but all right moving on moving um on. As far as defense, everyone was, of course, shocked that John Brooks was left out. We don't have to spend a ton of time on that. But to say, yeah, Brooks wasn't the best last Wednesday window, he probably should have still been brought to camp. Uh, that felt weird to me to leave John Brooks out. Um, Joe Scally's getting his first call up, which is really good. He's killing it in the Bundesliga with uh, Mucin Gladbach. Um, other than that, I think our back four should be Miles Robinson, Walker Zimmerman, Either Yedlin or Scally, and of course Anthony Robinson, because Dest is out. Dest is hurt. So, yeah, I mean, I have no problems with that. I don't even mind not having Brooks either. Uh, I think Brooks has kind of been in better form lately with his club, but after last performance, I I don't he know was if directly right now, tied to I think all the goals we gave up in that last window. Yeah, so which is easy I, to say for a center back. Like, yeah, of course he's yeah. going to be around the goals, but he was. He has abysmal. bad moments. Yeah, he was abysmal. So I think letting him have this cycle off maybe to try and get a little bit better form with Wolfsburg, I think Greg kind of did the right thing there. I have nothing wrong with this defense. I mean, you have a little bit of everything. You have some young guys like Chris Richards, Miles Robinson, and then you have just your veterans like Yedlin, Zimmerman, I'd even say. I mean – Sam Vines is kind of in there, and that's kind of weird. And so is who else? Reggie Cannon kind of got a surprise. Yeah. But I'm, I like him. I like the guys. I I don't think Sam Vines is starter level. I know no, some people are way higher on him than I am. I think he's a bench defender, like if needed thing. But with our center back depth where it is right now and even our right and left back depth, our just defensive depth. I don't think Vines most of the time is going to get in. Um, it's cool mm-hmm. that he can Cool that they brought him in. But Sam Vines gets pushed further and further down the depth chart for me. Um, and then moving to the midfield, we're going to get our ideal midfield, I think. Uh, I hope. If Berhalter uh. doesn't play the, the ideal midfield that every U.S. fan knows should be out there, might be some issues, but it obviously has to be Adams, McKinney, and Musa. Like – Okay. I could see I, a Berhalter okay. move throwing Lejet in there. I could even I could I could take an argument for Musa not starting, but I think that's gotta be it. I think that's I think Adams and McKinney, I'm not budging on. Those two should start hundred percent. Uh I think Musa should be the other one. I, I think you're right. That is the dream midfield trio, and I think come World Cup granted we make it i think it will be your your midfield however in a game against mexico in a world cup qualifying cycle i think you're gonna see and don't kill the messenger i think you're gonna see legit maybe calling Kellen acosta and i, I would say I and i say yeah and i say Roldan, but i just don't see him getting the start he'll be a sub probably about 75th minute 
And the reason I don't like Musa or someone we haven't even mentioned yet, and I thought you might have seen uh, said oh, this guy. Oh, I love Jean-Luc. Jean-Luc Busio. You know I love Jean-Luc. And I like the I, guy too. I have a very much love for Jean-Luc. But the guy is 5'5", five, five, maybe 150 pounds soaking wet. That's that's my thing with him. So that... he's not going to push over Hector Herrera. He's not going to. I've got to give credit. Debusio, dude's been killing it in Syria. Starting yeah. every game for, oh, for yeah. Venezia, he's made huge strides. And without a doubt, like in the next couple of years, he becomes a midfielder that you look at that could start for us probably, I yeah. think. Um, it's hard whenever Tyler Adams is the one in front of you. Um, but this game is not the game. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, no, and I agree. I think if we're down one nothing in the 70th minute, I think you bring him on just because he's so skillful on the ball and creates opportunities. But I don't think you put him in or I don't think you keep him in if we're up 2-1 in the 80th minute and you're fighting for 50-50 balls when everyone's legs are tired. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why – and I know I know USA fans hate Legette, Acosta, and Rodon – but they've played Mexico how many times? They've been in the camps against Mexico how many times? So I think you almost have to go veteran in the midfield. I think you tell Lachette, hey, you have Adams and McKinney. Let them do all the work. You just do what you have to to stop the run of play. So Make that what, pass. Yeah. What crazy thing is Berhalter going to do that throws us off? Because we've seen it. Basically, every international game, something with this starting nine. Or I don't know why the hell I just said. I was, thinking of, I was looking at Pepe's name, so I said starting nine. Um, the, the starting 11. With the starting 11, something has been very clearly off in the last few international games, like putting Tyler Adams at right back, like um, – like all these other things, there's just little things here and there that is very clearly wrong <laughs> that everyone can see, Hey, this isn't going to work or very clearly quickly that it's not working. What is it going to be this time? That's lights United States national team, Twitter on fire. I, I think it's going to be legit starting. I don't see it. That doesn't bother me. I'd rather have that. What's uh, what's going to kill me and what is probably going to make me, actually go on twitter is if he starts tyler adams at right back he can put he won't make he won't do that again there's really? no way there's no way that's a fireable offense i, if lo- he does I like again. greg burrow i like him but i won't put it past him i bet you he starts acosta <laughs> in that nine there's he'll put no Lichette and he'll put weston mckinney i'll almost guarantee it i'll almost i would i would put a, uh, about two dollars on it there is that's a fireable offense if he puts Adams at right back against but Mexico. if it works, it won't. It didn't work against lesser teams. You're right, it won't work. <laughs> However, uh, I did put this note as if Burhalter wins with this roster, he is a I think he's seen as a genius. I mean, he, this is one of his riskier yeah uh, rosters like i don't think like when i first saw it i said this guy has yeah he's got the uh, he's got got the balls to do this yeah (laughs) and if he wins i don't think anyone can slander him but if he loses we know why and it's because he starts tyler adams at right back if tyler i just i wholeheartedly (laughs) believe that he would not make that mistake again i he won't 100 percent believe that Adams is going to be in the midfield and there's certain guys that I know are going to start and really it's Adams and McKinney. And I feel like Pepe and Aronson other than that, it gets muddy. Uh, Miles Robinson will start um, because I, we just went through an ideal lineup of who we want to start in a way. But as far as guys who we know are going to be in that lineup, it's probably four or five. Yeah. And it's going to be four or five guys we are not going to want in the lineup. Yeah. I think one thing he also could do, which would blow my mind, but he does – did he do this in the Gold Cup? I want to say he did, or the Nations League Cup, where he starts a five-back. I think it was um, uh, Honduras Nations League Cup, maybe. 
Nations League. I it might have been. It might, it might have been. been. That, I think he started maybe three, it was a three Yeah, and it was, it was the worst. Back. Yeah, it was the worst thing he did with also. Tim Ream. Don't slander my. Don't I, slander I, I come on, come on. Look, man. We could totally be just butchering this and getting it all wrong, but I'm yeah, pretty we sure you're right that it was just a bad lineup. It was terrible. I'm just saying he does it. He does it now yeah. and then. And like I trust him. I I don't mind Beralter as a coach. He's done a very good job, I think, so far. But man, we're getting to a point. You can't make those bonehead mistakes. Like yeah. you can't put your anchor in midfield or right back <laughs> like you're very mm-hmm. clear anchor in midfield you can't put him there like you're asking for trouble <laughs> so um there's just sometimes he feels like someone who's trying to overthink it instead of just being instead of just being very simple like make the obvious choice like make the obvious choices matt turner should be the goalie adams at the center defensive mid role mckinney as another mid peppy up top I don't think Polisic. I don't. I don't know if we really even have a debate on this. I don't think Polisic's ready, which sucks, because he loves playing against Mexico. But I don't think he's ready. I don't think his body likes playing against Mexico because no. you know every time he's on the ball, they're gonna foul him. Yeah, and when I say ready, by the way, I mean physically, like getting over an injury. Some people might be like, "Oh, he's played against Mexico before. He obviously is ready ment- mentally for it." Yeah, I know that. Dude loves playing against Mexico mentally, but like. Do you, we can't risk a re-injury here. No, and I, yeah, I think our main focus is for him to stay healthy. Yeah, keep him healthy. Uh, Gio Reyna still, Gio Reyna is probably yeah, out until 2022, um, which sucks that those mm-hmm. two both went down in the same window. And it sucks for him at Dortmund because he was having a really good year. Yeah, um, but I'll be all right. I'll be all right. We'll be okay. Um, yeah, we haven't talked about him a lot yet, but Jesus Ferreira. Yes, showing up. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I know nothing about this guy. Um, I'll be the first to say he's, it. he's more of a. From what I've gathered, I've I've watched very little FC Dallas this year. Yeah. Um, I just they just haven't been on my radar a ton, except for Pepe. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll watch, but Pereira, uh, Ferreira is from my understandings i've done some research he's more of a player that's going to drop into the midfield and be like a connector as a striker which if you're going to be that then we already have the better version of that with josh Sargent. so you're in a tough spot if you're ferrera and you're trying to break in in that kind of role whenever if you're peppy and you're like i'm just going to score goals makes a lot more sense I think with Pulisic in the lineup, I don't think you need someone like Ferreira because I think that's what Pulisic does. He just kind of – he gets in the midfield, gathers the ball, and pushes it up. And I think with Pulisic – I mean, I'm putting Pulisic as your everyday starter, assuming he is. I don't think you need someone like Jesus Ferreira. And I want to shout out our good friend Vince of USMNT Thoughts on Twitter. Give him a follow. I I was listening to his Twitter space the other day, and I'm pretty sure they were the ones talking about these upcoming months when the MLS is off. I think that would be a good time to bring in some of these MLS players who maybe be on the radar. And I think they're talking about like Casey's Ferrer is one of them where he doesn't have a position. Like, is he a striker? Is he a cam? Is he a center forward? I think Greg should bring these guys in and say, all right, we're going to figure this out. That way I know what you are going forward or what I want you to be and how you play with other people, try to figure out their position too. And especially with kind of premier, like the uh, other leagues kind of being in the home stretch of a lot of their campaigns. Yeah. Right, I think, yeah. Part of it, yeah. Yeah. And I think when we play teams like El Salvador and, Costa Rica and all these I think you can afford to not have Adams McKinney like I think you can afford to have not I think you can afford to lose one or two of them so why not if bring this in these goes well if this yeah if, granted granted this goes well. don't win either game against Mexico or Jamaica we can't afford any of that <laughs> all of a sudden yeah. we're this is yeah we have yeah. to go all out every game yeah, this is granted we at least get some points. Well, this is assuming four, we get a win. Four points. That's what I 
out of these two games, I think a win and a draw is realistic. It's realistic. I agree. Uh, a six, I think we are cruising. We're we're feeling really good with yeah. six points out of these two. Three is, I'll take it, but we still got some work to do. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. Oh, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm really excited for this U.S. Mexico game Friday. I am too. Just as I'm nervous. Probably are. This is going to be the biggest U.S. Mexico game in a long time. <laughs> yes, it will be the classic El, uh, Mexico against USA. It's going to be physical. It's going to be chippy. It's going to be loud. With Weston McKinney will get a yellow if yeah, if, if there's a if there's a bet on, on FanDuel, <laughs> anything. If you find it, put your entire life savings on it because he will get a yellow. There's yeah, no doubt Weston in my McKinney mind. McKinney is going to be yeah. going to be aggressive. We'll say that. So, um, do you have a uh, score project, a prediction? Oh, uh, I think I think we beat Mexico. I think we do. I think we're just rolling against Mexico. I think the guys get up for that game in a different way than any other game. I think we beat them 2-1. Uh, I do think that I do think Mexico will score one. Uh, there's some holes in our defense. And I think we beat Jamaica 1-0. I think that one's going to be scrappy. Uh, that that yeah. one's going to be a that was gonna to be tough to win, I think. Those are my predictions. I think we get six points. I'm being very optimistic. By halftime of the Mexico game, I might feel very different, especially <laughs> if I have some alcohol in my system. But that's how I'm feeling right now. <laughs> no, I, yeah, uh, I'm gonna go to one win against Mexico. I think that might be a little bias. It's the same as you. I think we're gonna go down early, like we always do against Mexico. I think we're gonna be a second half team. We're gonna score two. Hold them off for a nice uh, dos y uno victory. <laughs> yeah, not dos cero, but and then wouldn't that ja- be something though? Yeah. Oh man. And then I think Jamaica two nothing. I think we get a garbage time goal. Pretty well garbage time. I say it, but and I think you're gonna see a lot of people like Vines, Mark McKenzie, yeah, uh, Yadlin. The, the your MLS guys, maybe Ferreira even. I hope Ariola doesn't play against Mexico, but I know he will. <laughs> That's going to be the thing, too. That's going to be yeah. the one that sets I, it is. Twitter on fire. That's going to be it. It's going to be Ariola is going to start. And he's going to start in place of, like, Aronson. Oh, that would – oh, man, just you don't wait, even want to know. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and Baralper loves Ariola. And does, Ariola, does. he brings veteran experience and he brings a little fire, Ariola, but he doesn't bring enough skill. Yeah, those he doesn't bring guys. enough skill to the lineup. He doesn't create chances like Aronson, Wea, Pulisic, Pepe even, I'd say. He doesn't bring those chances like they do. Yeah. Speaking Musa. Uh, Musa. He, yeah, he can play on the wing, can't he? He can. I'd rather yeah. have him in uh, Yeah, I agree. But just saying, but he yeah, could. He can. He could be out there. Um, think that should wrap it up for our U.S. talk. Uh, yeah. very excited, also kind of nervous. Um, yeah, very. But that's how that's normal for any big game. Um, we should move to we should talk about MLS because we just had decision day. The playoffs are set. The playoffs are going to be incredible. Colorado Rapids came out of nowhere to take the first seed in the West. Yeah, um, that was which crazy. is great. I sprinkled some on them to an MLS Cup last week at plus a thousand. There we go. There um, we go. I think Colorado is a great dark horse to win this year um by the way but which takes me back to my original mls cup picks at the beginning of the year yeah let's hear these neither of my picks made the playoffs <laughs> um, and and oh women, no if that does not describe mls in a nutshell <laughs> i don't know what will because i picked lafc and columbus to make it to the mls mls cup oh. two very common picks by the way yes. to win mls cup those were not far off the path because people loved Columbus heading into this year and LAFC looked revamped and ready to roll. Both missed the playoffs. So my picks are screwed. Now I'm just counting on Colorado to win me some money. Um, you had, who did you have? Seattle. And you did have Seattle. I do remember this. Columbus. I want to say I had Columbus too. I, so, I was, but you had Seattle winning it all. Yeah, yeah, I'd see. I don't want any at all. I think still, still, still available. Still in. Um, very exciting decision day, though. Decision day was nuts. Uh, Galaxy and Minnesota came down to the wire. I saw that one. 
as did the uh, Real Salt Lake and Sporting Kansas City game. A goal at the death to put Real Salt Lake in the playoffs. Uh, no other sport has anything like it. I'm not even kidding. I've never seen like like a team to make the playoffs in the last second like that while simultaneously on the west side of the country, I guess on the same side of the country, a team just got knocked out because of your goal. It's insane. It's incredible. MLS has that right. Um, but yeah, I guess my pick going into the playoffs, if I had to, it's so, by the way, congrats to the new England revolution for putting yes. up the best regular season in MLS history. Some people are trying to discredit it by saying it's an unbalanced schedule. Uh, you got to play who's in front of you. So congrats to them. That's an incredible team. Um, but typically teams who set the records best regular season don't get it done in the playoffs. I think they make it to MLS Cup. I think they do. I'm going to go New England, Colorado, MLS Cup, and which is, you know, easy to say. It's like number one seed in both conferences. I don't think Colorado is overall the best team in the West. I think Seattle and Kansas City are probably overall better teams. Anyway, I digress. And I think Colorado wins. I think Colorado wins the MLS Cup. I think it's a hell of a story to write off into the, for this season. Uh, I will also be taking New England. Um, they've been having a hell of a year. And behind Matt Turner, I mean, I just Carly don't see Carly is yeah. probably going to win MVP. Carlos, yeah. I mean, I don't see them losing anyone in the East. However, I will stick with my tried and true Pride and true, tried and true, true, tried and true. That one, yeah. Uh, I will stick with them, and that is probably probably my favorite team in the MLS since I started watching, and that Seattle. is the Seattle Sounders. And yeah. I think they're going to win it all. I think they are going to solidify their name yet again in the MLS Cup as probably the I'll, I'll argue the greatest MLS team in history. Not this year, but like yeah. overall. I mean, the only real competition I feel like for that is the Galaxy because their historical success. Yeah. Um, but the fact that Seattle has been able to sustain 13 straight years of making it to the playoffs as a top four seed every single time, by the way, um, is incredible. So props to them. I don't think they won it this year. I'm going to go Colorado, but we're going to find out. I think if you're looking for a dark horse bet uh, and you want to put some money on it, you want to sprinkle some money on it, I think Nashville is a great look too. Uh, Nashville, I think yeah. Nashville could make some noise in the playoffs, which it's MLS. Any team in the playoffs could win this thing. Um, but I like it. I like a good shot for Nashville too. They've been rolling. So we'll see. We're going to see you, Corey. Um, I'm excited. And then we're only one more season away from our beloved St. Louis City SC starting. Oh, I cannot wait. Cannot uh, wait. Yeah. We're both very excited for that. I will so, be there at least multiple times. I, I'll be there quite a bit too. Uh, <laughs> there will be plenty of games for us. And the great yes. thing is the stadium will be open from the beginning of the season because the inaugural season got pushed back from this year due to co- or from next year due to COVID. So we'll be all good. We're going to have a brand new stadium in St. Louis. It's going to be rocking in there. That place yeah. is going to be sold out, bumping. It's going to be fun. Yeah, uh, we're going to be a pretty uh, entertaining city while Chicago calling us the boring city won't even have a certain people. Yeah, Chicago. certain people, certain fan bases have said that St. Louis is very boring uh, or players who aren't even on the team anymore. Mm. But yeah, I mean, we will have a stadium that people actually want to go to instead of playing at a yeah, stadium that's that not fire. even going to be there. Yeah, yeah they're not even going to they're not even going to be playing at Soldier Field anymore cuz they're moving. So it's like 12 people in those stands. I know. Uh, 10 of them are parents. So Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I've got I got to <laughs> mention I got to mention before we wrap this up. Yes. Craziest story today uh that just came out today. Uh so PSG women's player, Aminata Diallo, hired hitmen on her teammate uh, and had them attack her with iron bars and injure her, sent her to the hospital. What a story. Yeah, what a story to wake up to. I know they're across the pond, so it was probably midday for them. But, yeah, I mean, you got – oh, shoot – my dad mentioned this the other day, Tanya Harding and 
Nancy oh, he's Kerrigan. Got a, Nancy yeah. Kerrigan. That's what it was. That's what uh, I was thinking of. Yeah. And that's crazy. Like, I don't get why you would do that. You just earn your spot on the field. I don't know. She's never going to play again. Yeah. No, you just risk. No yeah. team, no national team will call. The France national team is never going to call her up again. Mm-mm. The PSG is going to let her go. Like, no team is going to want you ever. You just ruined yeah. your career. Uh, because you don't want to compete for your spot so man that i saw we couldn't go without mentioning that story that is yeah it's wild. that is a crazy crazy uh, story don't hire hitmen on your teammates yeah i think moral, that's fair moral, to say. yeah moral of the uh, podcast today yeah don't hire yeah. hitmen yeah exactly or just if you take anything <laughs> if you take anything <laughs> from this podcast don't hire hitmen <laughs> yeah, you will get caught and you will go to yes. jail yes you got arrested um, yes you so, will yeah oh my gosh okay yeah, we'll wrap it up on that. I don't think we can go any higher than that. No, we so, can't. We'll wrap it up on that. Let's hope for some good results in this international break, and we're going to talk after, now that all the craziness in my life is sort of over. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully. We'll one of these. Hopefully. We wanna, I want to do Twitter spaces, by the way. So if people hear this, and they would join a Twitter space, and they would talk in a Twitter space, I want to do those things. I think Twitter spaces are cool, mainly because I'm in radio. In live audio, it's funny that we're recreating live audio in different ways. <laughs> it's funny yeah. to me. We just don't listen to it on the radio sometimes now. Uh, so I want to do a Twitter space. So let me know if you hear this and you would be interested in tuning into one at least, even like talking to me and Corey in a Twitter space. I'm down. So just let me know. I'm probably just going to do one anyway. We'll probably end up just doing one separate from the prod podcast, Corey. If you're down, yeah, no, that's so. I, I want to do a Twitter space so that I think that's a know. yeah, that's a good chance for like people ask questions. Like I know we kind of harp and say like, oh, like comment with questions, but like that's a good way for people to ask questions they don't know about or just even just want to know about soccer, even the little stuff. So I think that's a good way for them to kind of ask questions and learn more. Exactly. Cool, cool. Works for me. All right, let's pray for a United States win against Mexico on Friday, and um, hopefully we are in as good as moods after that game as we are tonight, Corey. Hopefully we pull it out. I have faith in the boys. Let's go. And Burr Halter, we trust, baby. Let's go. Come on. (laughs) 